0: Thank you, Father, for this moment of worship. Thank you for the impartation. Thank you for touching lives. Thank you for healing your people. Thank you for the deliverance. Thank you for the lifting of bodies of the heart of your people. Let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we worship. Whilst you are still standing, please turn your Bibles very quickly with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Thank you, choir. John 10, I will read from verse 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth a wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattered the sheep. The hireling fleered because he is an hireling. And careth not for the sheep. Verse 14. But I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep. And I am known of mine. May the Lord bless these words into our house this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. You may have your seat very quickly. Thank you very much for waiting. Thank you for the time. I'd like to ask a question which will set us off for what I will talk about very briefly. I know our time is up, but just permit me. Um, How many of us live in a house? How many of us live in a house? Whether the house is your house or is in the rented apartment. How many of us, how many of us stay for house? Let me see your hand if you live in a house. Okay, so you are not homeless, right? All right, thank God that you are not homeless. That's not where I'm going to, but thank God that you are not what? You are not homeless. All right. Now, if this is rainy season, for instance, right? If that house begins to leak, the roof is leaking, what will you do? You said? You will do what? You will fix it. No, I don't think you should fix it. The house is not your house. And the roof is leaking. What will you do? Can I get somebody to say something to me? Okay. Let me hear you. You will think of moving for the house. Yes, Mrs. Bryan. You will put a bucket. Yes, success. You call the landlord's attention that the house is leaking. Yes, my thickness. Or better. The house is not your house and the roof is leaking. What will you do? Sorry? The owner will come to fix it. Yes, men's president. You deserve a bottle of... You know, that's what I'm talking about. The difference in all these answers is based on the fact that we have those who are higher lanes and those who are stakeholders. The difference between your answers is because you have seen that this house is not your house. And the first option that comes to your mind is that I want to move out of the house. The first option is that, look, it's not my responsibility. The first thing that comes to your mind that if we spoil, make it spoil, nothing consign me, right? That is the mindset of a hireling. But the the stakeholder thinks of the thing like his own thing, whether it's not his house or not, whether the landlord is available or not available. I lived in a house for five years. I never called my landlord to fix anything. I took the house like my house because every time I fix something in that house, I say that when I finally have my house, I will have tenants that are like me that will take responsibility for my property. So I don't need to call the landlord that my tap head is broken or my my waist is blocked or my septic tank is filled. No, I, I didn't call my landlord for anything for five good years until I moved. You get what I'm saying now? The difference is One sees himself as a hireling, the other one sees himself as a what? As a stakeholder. The scripture we read says that what? I am the good shepherd. Because I am the good shepherd, I laid down my life for the sheep. But the hireling will see what coming, will see the wolf coming. What will he do? He will abandon the sheep, he will run for his life, and the wolf will come, catch the sheep, scatter them, kill them, and spoil the investment. The church is our investment. Can you hear me this morning? This church is what is our investment. The church is our property. We need to come to a point where we will take ownership of our church. Okay, I don't come to church. He doesn't come to church. You don't come to church. Who will come to church? Who will come to the church? I don't preach. He doesn't teach. He doesn't sweep. Who will do the job? This is the mindset that we need to have. Now, I'll tell you a few things about stakeholdership, and we will be done. I promise you that. Number one, in my own definition, because I had to do a couple of research, I read a couple of books and everything, and I was able to coin out this definition that a stakeholder is anyone or group of persons with genuine vested interest in the sustainable growth of an organization or an enterprise with the sole aim of increasing productivity. It is anybody, group of persons, with genuine vested interest in the sustainable growth of an organization or any business or any enterprise with the sole aim of increasing productivity. Mark you, I didn't say profits. I didn't say gain. I said increasing productivity. Productivity. It is invariable. It is it is and you cannot argue the fact that once there is increased productivity, there's increased profit. Are we together this morning? So I don't drive profits, I drive profit, productivity. Because in productivity there is profit. So as much as I'm able to increase the value, it means that the income will also what? Increase. Number two, who are stakeholders or what are the characteristics of stakeholders? I I just need to rush this. Stakeholders are not motivated only by incentives, but they are driven by deep passion for growth and for success. Stakeholders are not motivated only by incentive. You know, Peter even had to ask Jesus, we have left our nets. We have left our boats. We have left our profession. Oh boy, come. What is in this business for us? What is our profit? What is our gain? And that was why when Jesus was taken, when he was, when he was buried, the first thing he did, he went to look for his fishing nets. Went to look for his boat and took up his father's coat and went back to what? I go what? A fishing. Because he didn't see himself as part of the business. He does not see how this business will profit him. And that is most likely some of our attitudes to church. May it not consign me. The I don't care attitude. I don't care whether they sing, whether they walk, whether it doesn't work, whether it does my business. All I know is that I am just serving God all by myself. Look, if you want to serve God all by yourself, stay in your house and serve God all by yourself. God will still hear you. But when you come to church, you came to church because you want to interact with people. You want to join hands with people. You want to have faith together with people. You want to pray together with people. It's a collective responsibility when we come together. So it's not, you are not driven by what? By the incentive. I told you here that after Pastor Nii preached a sermon here, Right? Somebody in this church who used to collect salary for what he used to do here, he said, Pastor, I cannot take salary anymore. It's not because it is well with me. It's not because all is fine with me. But you see, I want to be a part of the growth of this church. So if this can be my contribution, I leave off my salary. If you want to clap for him, clap for him. Are <clears throat> you getting what I'm saying now? Huh? He was not driven by what he would get. He was motivated by what he can contribute to the system. Number two, stakeholders are risk takers for the corporate good of the organization. They do what? They are risk takers. They take risk for the corporate good of the organization. It is a case of absolute loyalty and resolve. They believe in it. You know what happened? Of course, you know how we got the loan for this property, right? We know how we got the loan. We as a church wanted to take the loan as a church, but we were having difficulties. And somebody just said, don't worry, pastor, I will get the loan. Just guarantee that you will pay me back the loan. And I gave him the guarantee. And in less than one week, the loan came through. He said, this is my salary account. I have children. I need to pay school fees. I have whatever I have to do. But you see, for the sake of this mission, for the sake of the growth of this work, I would risk my salary account. And he did it. Stakeholders are risk takers. They must be able to take risk. Once you are not able to take any risk for anything, right, you are not a stakeholder in that business. You're not a stakeholder. What risk have you taken to grow this church? Esther said, if I perish, let me perish. How many times have you come to that point where you say, whatever happened, like I said on Sunday here, that whatever happened, I will still praise God. How much risk are you willing to take? Number four, or three, rather. Stakeholder's mentality is drawn from a deep inner conviction or belief for the growth and the establishment of the organization. It is drawn from what? The mentality is drawn from what? From a deep inner conviction or belief. From a deep inner conviction. Something in you. That is why, you see, in the rain, we will preach. In the sun, we will preach. When we have money, we will preach. When we don't have money, we will preach. Something drives you. Is that inner conviction that drives you. What prepares you? Is it the incentive or the better good of all? What is the motive behind the things you do? Is it for the better good of all or is it just because there's something you stand to gain from it? If I ask you now, go buy me a generating set. Are you going to buy a generating set because we need it in the church or because you think that you will add something to it and make something out of it? Ask yourself, are you a stakeholder or you are a hireling? I mean, ask yourself that question or ask your neighbor that question. Now, everybody is quiet. You are so consumed with an intense passion to grow the organization and achieve our aim and objective. You see, that was what happened in the case of Nehemiah, when the walls were broken, when the gates were torn down. He said, look, I will not be alive and see that these walls of Jericho are broken. You see, there are so many broken walls in church today. We need more people to serve. We need more money to do whatever we are doing. You see, the, the walls today might not be the physical wall. Some persons might be going through pain. We need money for welfare. It's a kind of a wall. Some persons need job and you are in a position where you can give them job is a kind of a wall. What walls have you identified as broken in the church and what are you doing about such things? Are you calling your landlord to come and fix it or are you putting a bucket and collect the water or are you saying I will deduct this one from your house when I pay next or you say look, I don't care whether the landlord is here or not, I will fix my leaking roof. What mentality do you have towards the church? How are you consumed or what consumes you in the things that you do in church? Stakeholders are poised not only to achieve, but to surpass on deliverables. They are what? They are poised not only to achieve, but to do what? Surpass on deliverables. How much have you invested in yourself? I'll give you an example. Yesterday morning, I came to church, and I don't know what time I left church yesterday. I can't remember what time I left, but after 7 p.m. or so. I ate here, I did everything in church yesterday just to be able to put whatever I want to do today in place. You know, when I woke up this morning, I woke up at about 3 a.m. I've done one service, I'm doing second service. I have another meeting. See, what am I saying? You must be poised. It is not because of what you want to gain. It is the better good of all that is your interest. You devote yourself. You devote your time. You know the best way to identify a stakeholder? it is to check your financial commitment to that organization. It's to do what? Check your financial commitment to that organization. An organization you are not financially committed to, you can't be a stakeholder, because you have not invested anything, so you don't even expect profit from it. And when you don't expect profit from any plane, you don't even care about the sustenance or the growth of that thing. But if it's something that you expect profit from, you are consumed to see that this business does not go down, this business grows. Likewise, it is for us as church. If you are not consumed with the passion to grow the church, it is not your your concern whether people came to church or not. How many of us have taken time to check the numbers of our attendance to see whether we are growing or we are not growing? If we are not growing, why are we not growing? Or if we are not growing, what can I do? What can I do to grow it? What consumes you? What is your passion? What What are you troubled about? What is your hunger? If we leave the job for somebody, somebody will leave the job for nobody. And once nobody does the job, the job is undone. But if all of us agree to do the job, it is not only easier, it is better and it is faster. And the truth is that all of us have a role to play. Finally, higher I like this one. Hirelings, okay, see, let me finish. That. Stakeholders are poised not only to achieve but to support deliverable. They are not regulated by the clock. Work done is close time. They are not regulated by the clock. Work done is close time. Get what I mean? Clock, four o'clock is not their close time. It is mission accomplished that is their close time. So even when it is four o'clock, they don't even know it is four o'clock. But the only time they know it is closing time is when task has been completed. Many of us will have abandoned our place of duty. Some of us can sing, we're not in the choir. Some of us can teach, we're not in the teaching ministry. Some of us can clean, we're not in the cleaning ministry. Some of us can usher, we're not in the ushering ministry. Some of us can protocol, we're not in the protocol ministry. Where are you? Where are you? Ask yourself, where are you? Are you called to be a bench warmer or are you called into service? And if you are called into service, are you serving? And if you are serving, are you serving genuinely? There's so much for all of us to do in church. So much. So much for all of us to do. Nobody is called to be a bench warmer in church. A hireling waits for 4 p.m. while a stakeholder closes on work completion. A hireling will wait for 4 p.m. By, four, by 3.30, she's already putting her back in place. She's already, why am I saying she? He, both of them, whether he or she. And sorry, it's not like, it's not, I'm not a sexist, but I mean, I'm talking to both male and female, right? It's not yet 4 o'clock. You are already gathering your stuff to leave the office. All you are just waiting for is let the clock, bam, 4 o'clock, and are both out of the office. i tell you something. When I was doing my master's, I had a very good job. I was a very privileged student. I, I didn't do all the maniac job that people, that students would do abroad. I worked in a, a corporate office. I had two meetings with Boris Johnson when he was mayor of London. That was the class of office I was occupying. I was a project officer. You know what happens? I'll tell you. I don't leave my desk when my duty, when my reports are not complete. Those of you who are familiar with the London tray there's a tray called Southeastern Railways that does the Kent, travels from London to the Kent. It's yellow in color. I was consulting for them. So we will, we will, we will put our reports together and we will go to Blackfriars, is where the headquarters is, and we will make presentation about what we have done. You know what happened? When I told them in the office that I was about leaving the office, they told me, no, that Mr. Harvey, I, I know that you are homesick. We will give you three months vacation, go back to Nigeria, stay with your family. But whilst you are in Nigeria, you will be doing your work remotely. You get what I'm saying now? So I came to Nigeria, I was doing my my Bible school, and I was still working in my office remotely in London. And guess what? Every hour I work at that time, every hour I work, I gain 10 pounds. I was paid 10 pounds per hour. Why was that? But because I was so devoted, I was so committed, and they said, that, look, we cannot let this guy go. But somebody can say, I want to go, and the person will be let go. Of course, so many people left the organization because of the, uh, what's it called, the economic meltdowns at that point in time. But you see, even when I said I want to go home, they said, go, you will still work. So, they will go gather all the requirements, email them to me. I will be here in Nigeria. I will analyze them and I will send my report back. And for every hour I sat in front of my computer, I was paid £10. If you don't have that stakeholder's mentality, you'll be the first to be laid off. Because the Bible says that if you are not committed to another man's business, who will hand your own business to you? That masters deal with your, with your bosses, not as, 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 as I serve as or whatever it is called. But you see, whatever you do for your bosses, do it as unto the Lord. Because it is he who rewards, not a man. I will not tell you thank you. God will tell you thank you. The mistake and problem you will have is that if you expect me to say thank you, no matter how much you sweep and sweat, don't expect thank you from me. Expect thank you from God. Instead, ask God for your thank you. The God whom you have served, whom you have sacrificed in secret is able to reward you in the public. Don't wait for 4 o'clock. Ensure you do your job. Ensure you complete it before you leave that job. Stakeholders are ardent pursuits, ardent pursuits of a belief and are not easily dissuaded. They stop at nothing but the price. They are what? Ardent pursuits. They pursue their belief. Elijah said to Elijah that I will not leave you. Followed him, I talked about it this morning. Followed him from Bethel to, from Giga to Bethel, from Bethel to Jordan to Jericho, from Jericho to where? To Jordan. He, Elisha continued and followed, nothing dissuaded him, nothing discouraged him. Ruth said, to Na- Naomi said to Ruth that, I will not leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. When you are buried, I will be buried. Stakeholders will fight to the last. Not until it is achieved, they will not stop fighting. Their stop point is job done. It is assignment completed. I'll tell you two things and I'll be done. Stakeholders are burden bearers. They are what? They are burden bearers. They bear the burden. They bear the pains. They make the sacrifice. They go the extra length. They, they, they sacrifice almost everything. Nothing dissuades them. They are body bearers. Their satisfaction is vision achieved. Their satisfaction is target attained. Their satisfaction is objective meant. They are not after personal gains, but are concerned about the overall good, the growth, and the success of the organization. I ask you a question as I close this morning. What is the greatest asset in any organization? Human resource. Where is the Kinesian. What is the, what is the greatest asset in any organization? Where is the human resource? The kinesian Yes, what is the greatest asset in any organization? Workforce. Thank you. Anybody with a contrary view? Is it the building? Is it the technology? Is it the cars that they have? Is it the properties? The greatest asset in any organization, actually, sir, is not the workforce. It's not really the workforce. This is what Richard Branson said. You know Richard Branson, owner of Virgins? He said, it is the willingness of the workforce to share knowledge. The greatest asset of any organization is not in the properties, it's not in the asset, it's not even in the general workforce, but in the willingness of this workforce to share knowledge. If you have all these persons with all the qualifications and they refuse to share that knowledge, your job will not be done. Even if the job is done, it will be shabbily done. But their willingness, their willingness... Their their willingness to share this knowledge, to express this knowledge, to apply this knowledge, to increase productivity, that willingness is the greatest asset. And that's why we say that you can force a horse to the riverbanks, you can never force it to do what? To drink from the river. It is when it is willing before it will drink from the horse, from the river. What do I ask of you this morning? It's not just your presence in church it's your willingness to serve. It's your willingness to contribute. It's your willingness to build. It's your willingness to grow this church. That's all I ask of you this morning. See, there's something we call... I'll talk about it now and I'll be done. Oh, yes. It's called strategic relational engagement. It's called what? Strategic... You can Google it. Strategic relational engagement. What does that mean? It means how you engage people to get the best out of them. How you relate with people to get the best out of them. You must diverse a means that is unique and dynamic to individualism. You must put into consideration the uniqueness of people and persons and and their abilities, their, their temperaments. You must be able to manage all this together to yield results. must find a way to talk with people. You must find a way to address people. You must find a way to, to bring out something from somebody without offending, without, without, without being uh, insultive or abusive or rude, but yet you can get them to work. You know, I don't have anything against the Englishman, but the Englishman can ask you to go eat poo-poo, and you will go eat poo-poo because he will say it very politely and make you feel poo-poo is the best meal. It's just about how he said it. Now, I said, poo-poo, nobody's offended. But if I use the S word now, you will be offended. The best way to get this is to properly communicate the vision in a comprehendable fashion for easy buy-in or plug-in. This is our church. Tell somebody that this is my church. I will fix the r- leaking roof. No, you're not saying like you want to do it. Say that this is my church. Is my church. I will fix the leaking roof. The leaking. So, if the house is your house, what will you do? You will leave the house. Who will you call? Will you not fix it? The difference is because you don't see the house as your house. That is why you want to call the landlord. This church, you are the landlord, this church, you are the stakeholder. Uh, you're not hearing me this morning, you don't want to, you're not feeling my vibe this morning. And who are the stakeholders in the Grace Place Church? Who will build this church? Who will grow this church? Who will finance this church? Who will avail himself to be a servant in this church? Who will sweep? Who will sing? Who will clean? Who will pray? Who will teach? Nobody will do it for you outside. It's you that got to do it. You are willing to do that with me this morning can I rise to you? can you rise to your feet if you say I will stand with you pastor to build this church I will stand with you to grow this church I will stand with you to grow this church I will be devoted I will be committed I will be more dutiful I am not a hireling I am a stakeholder you see what David did when the, sheep, when, the, when the lion came, what happened? He fought the lion. When the sheep came, what happened? when the bear came, he did what? He fought the bear. And when he met with Goliath, what happened? He said, you, even you too, just like I took the first one, I took the second one, I will take you as well. Charity, they say, begins at home. If you are not dutiful in church, you can't be dutiful in your place of work. Whatever you do at the place of work is what you do in church. God is calling us to the place of responsibility. God is calling us to the place of service. God is calling us to the place of commitment. God is calling us to the place where everything about us, our passion, what will consume us, is how will the church grow? How will this work progress? What can I contribute? What is my quota? I am, my, am I faithful in that quota? Am I faithful in that service? Take one minute and talk to God about your service. Just examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine yourself, and ask yourself whether have you been faithful in the place of service. Whether have you been committed in the assignment that was given unto you. Ask yourself those questions. Uh, so- Let's take that song. a man has that was not first given unto him. Our time was given to us by you. Our lives was given to us by you. Our resources were given to us by you. Our strength, the breath, everything we have had was given to us by you. This morning we surrender it all to you. Make your throne in our hearts this morning and be king over us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Celebrate Jesus in the house this morning. Celebrate Jesus in the house this morning.